super excited to be back here once again. Um, yeah, I wanted to pump out another episode for you guys since I kind of got us off track a couple of weeks ago by missing an episode. But if you have not listened to last week's full episode, be sure to go check that out on the murder of Skylar Niece. It's a crazy case, so I hope you go back and listen to it. But this episode, like I said, is going to be a little different. It is what I'm calling a killer short. Um, I got the name from a cousin of mine. Um, she said I shouldn't call it a bonus episode. episode. I should call it a killer short. So here we are. That's what we're going with. Uh, Yeah, so this week is going to be on murders in Walker County, which is the area that I am next door to. I wouldn't say I'm in Walker County for sure, but I am right next door to it. So I'm definitely familiar with all of these cases, actually. And, um, you know, even if I didn't hear anything more about them or any details, I was excited to kind of get some more information on what had happened um, to these poor victims. So I hope you guys check it out. I hope you love it. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, be sure to let me know because they're really easy to pop out and they're super fun too. So just let me know. Uh, Again, be sure to hit subscribe on wherever you're listening to this podcast and be sure to leave a five-star review at the end if you enjoyed it. Otherwise, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode, The Killer Short, on murder cases in Walker County. This first case is that of Lisa Benton Warren. She was a 51-year-old woman living in Carbon Hill, Alabama. She was last seen on February 24th, 2020. Her husband, Robert Warren, who was actually an Alabama city councilman in the city of Carbon Hill, he reported her missing the following day on the 25th of February. It appeared that she had taken her purse and her cell phone and just a few other personal items. Her family was very concerned because she was actually a type 2 diabetic dependent on daily insulin. So they jumped into action very quickly to try to spread the word of her disappearance. It took just under a week, though, for police to realize Lisa's husband was involved. Once police brought Robert in for questioning, he told the story of a horrific accident, quote-unquote. He claimed that the two had gotten into a heated argument when he lost his temper and pushed Lisa backwards, causing her to fall and hit her head, ultimately resulting in her death. Robert said he panicked and decided to dispose of his wife's body instead of actually facing the consequences. Lisa's remains were found in a small creek in Greene County off County Road 220 on Saturday, March 7th. Robert was initially charged with manslaughter, which is basically when someone kills another person with no premeditation. Usually it's an accident like this or like a car wreck, for example, when someone dies, the person that lived in the other car ultimately basically it's charged with manslaughter like this and in this case it was believed he pushed her down but did not intend on killing her however charges were later upgraded to murder when it was determined that lisa was struck over the head multiple times not just the one time she hit her head when she fell
This next case is about Nicholas Hawkins. Nicholas Hawkins was a teenager from Dora, Alabama. He initially went missing in February 2016. Hawkins' body was sadly found less than a week after he went missing. Nicholas's body was found near an old construction dump site in the woods off of KD Bird Station Road in Quinton. Um, pretty quickly, five people were arrested in connection to the murder. 28-year-old Corey Daniel Connor of Dora was charged with the murder. Excuse me, was charged with murder. 22-year-old Danny Lee Jarvis of Summerton was also charged with murder. Then there was Tessa Jean Wise of Dora. She was charged with hindering prosecution. And then there was um, Colton Stevens Eccles of Summerton. He was charged with hindering prosecution as well. But I was not able to find any more information out on him on how he was involved in this. So you probably won't hear me bring up his name again in this because I couldn't find any more information on him. So I don't know if he was kind of released or... He just wasn't mentioned in anything that I read. So if you know any more information about him, I would love to know. Anyways, then there was Joshua Adam Reese. Supposedly he went by Adam, so that's kind of what we're going to call him here. Adam was from Quentin, Alabama, where Nicholas's body was found. He was charged with murder as well. The Walker County Police Chief said their investigation had led them to believe that Reese was the one who shot and killed Hawkins. There isn't a lot of backstory here, so I'm sorry I, I don't have that for you, but there are some speculations that I'll include along with the facts. So first off, it was rumored that Adam Reese was having a romantic relationship with Nicholas Hawkins. Now, sometime in February, shortly before Nicholas was killed, he and Adam Reese were having issues. Now, what those issues were, I can't tell you. I'm not clear. I really didn't find any reports on that. However, Nicholas's brother Jacob said that he had accompanied Nicholas to meet with Reese just before his death. He said, and I'll quote him here, That meeting wasn't well. It didn't go good. I was ready to leave, and I told my brother we needed to leave. We just had to leave and get out of there, but he didn't like the fact that we were going to leave, but we left. Just before Nicholas went missing and after this sketchy meeting, with Nicholas and his brother and Adam. Um, Nicholas called his mom telling her, someone is trying to kill me. So what happened to this poor kid, right? So under oath, door police chief Jared Hall revealed witnesses in the investigation believed Nicholas and Reese were possibly in a romantic relationship, like I said. But they also claimed that Reese was in a relationship with Hawkins' mother, Daphne Webb as well. According to Hall, Corey Connor and Danny Jarvis, who were also charged with murder, both admitted in a recorded statement to being with Reese when he shot Nicholas in the back with a 12-gauge shotgun. The two admitted to helping Reese dispose of Hawkins' body. Hall said they claimed they only cooperated, though, because they were afraid of what he might do to them, which, I mean, I get it, but that's such an easy cop-out, right? I mean, again, I get it. I'm not saying you're wrong and that I'm not saying you're lying. I just, I feel like that's what they always say, you know. But anyways, um, in questioning Hall, Walker County District Attorney Bill Adair painted a picture of a calculated killing committed without remorse. 
Witnesses and Dora told police Adam Reese was seen driving Nicholas's car the night Hawkins went missing. The witnesses, whose names were not given during testimony, said Adam drove to their house to ask for a blanket. Now, investigators found Hawkins' body inside a duffel bag at a makeshift trash dump. It was also wrapped in a blue electric blanket. Investigators say Hawkins' driver's license, a Savage 12-gauge shotgun, and shells were found inside the car where a strong odor of bleach was noticeable. And according to statements from Corey and Danny, Adam put Nicholas's body in the trunk to move it to where it was ultimately dumped off K Bird Station Road. Then, in addition to other witness testimonies, in the days following Nicholas's disappearance, Hall said Reese was confronted by an aunt who wanted to know if he was responsible for Nicholas's disappearance. And she told investigators he did not answer, but made a slashing movement across his throat before pretending to pump a shotgun. There's your answer, right? Although Nicholas's car keys and his cell phone were never found, there was evidence on Facebook to suggest that Adam Reese messaged friends using Hawkins' phone the weekend he went missing. Then there was Tessa Wise. She was the female charged with hindering prosecution. Hawkins' car was found outside of her house the day after the disappearance. The prosecution said Tessa claimed Adam drove the car to her house. It was determined that this was not the initial story, though, that she gave investigators. Therefore, she was charged with lying to investigators. And in the end, all of those charged in the crime took plea deals. Of course. Adam Reese was sentenced to 30 years in prison for murder. Corey Connor and Danny Jarvis was sentenced to 15 years in prison after pleading guilty to abuse of a corpse and hindering prosecution. Now, both had originally been charged with murder, but immediately began cooperating with investigators. Therefore, it was determined they were not the murderers, and they were able to help bring the real murder forward. Therefore, also helping their case and getting a lesser sentence. This next case is that of Tony Wayne Duncan. Tony's family filed a missing persons report with the sheriff's office on Monday, April 30th, 2018, with the family reportedly last seeing Tony on Saturday, April 28th, around 9 p.m. The family became concerned because they had not heard from him and he also had not returned to care for his dog, which was highly uncharacteristic of Tony. Shortly after midnight on the 28th, the night the family last saw Tony, police found a burned truck on Number 2 Hill Road in Nauvoo. A deputy was dispatched to the vehicle fire and unable to identify who the owner was. And because it presented a road hazard, the deputy had to have the truck impounded. It was determined later that the truck belonged to Tony Duncan. But at this point, he had not been reported missing. Investigators received information that Tony may have been in the Jagger Road area. The search by deputies and family members was initially unsuccessful, but the family returned to the area on Friday to search again. 
that effort led to the location of Tony's body in a thick growth of weeds about four feet off the road on Jagger Road. In May of 2018, the Walker County Sheriff's Office announced deputies arrested two men in the connection with the murder. That is David Earl Davis, 54, and Michael Scott Matthews, 41, both of the Nauvoo area. These two were taken into custody and were charged with the first-degree theft of property for stealing Duncan's truck. Around November of this year, 2020, a third person was arrested in connection to Tony's death. Anthony Hunt was arrested for murder and abuse of a corpse. Now, what took them so long to find a third suspect, right? Well, apparently, the sheriff's office said a plea agreement with David Earl Davis led authorities to evidence that prove Anthony's involvement. When Hunt was arrested, the cold case investigator, Mike Cole, made a statement for those who have committed crimes that believe they've been forgotten. He said, and I'll quote, If you're involved in a homicide, don't sleep. Someday, somebody's going to knock on your door. I heard him make that statement before I knew the details of this case, and I literally got chills. And just this last week, the Walker County Sheriff's Office put out a statement saying, Kristen Ashley Hunt is wanted on charges in connection to the 2018 homicide. She's being charged with hindering prosecution in the first degree. Now, let me sort of reel this in for us. I can't find any official rulings on this case. I'm sure just because it is probably still active and and I'm sure they haven't gone to trial. Um, and it appears this case is just not over yet. However... We know that David Earl Davis took a plea deal. It appears he received or will be receiving a 15-year deal for his plea. Then there was Michael Scott Matthews. The grand jury actually returned a no-bill, quote-unquote, on his case. And I had never heard of this, so I had to look it up. And basically it says there is insufficient evidence to indict an accused party. The outcome results in immediate dismissal of the felony charge filed against the defendant. So, long story short, the charges were dropped and he's a free man. Now, sadly, I found out that he did pass away in April of this year. His precious mom has been commenting on on all the posts put out by the Sheriff's Department, Facebook, and that relate to this case. And she replies to everyone's comments and has to tell everyone that her son was cleared because it's never really, I mean, it's out there in news articles, but you know how Facebook is. People don't always have all the information and they comment and say nasty things. So, unfortunately, she's out there trying to, to clear her son's name. It's just very sad. Now, speaking of Facebook, though, there was another Facebook commenter that may have really shown some light on what happened to Tony Duncan. Now, this is a Facebook comment, so again, take it with a grain of salt. They said, and again, I'll quote, The man that killed Tony Duncan Sr. is Anthony Hunt, and his motive was a truck that Mr. Duncan repossessed. The wife of Hunt lured Duncan over so he could beat him up and rob him. Hunt beat him to death. Now, the thread continues with someone asking if Anthony Hunt ever got charged with murder. And then someone says, no, he did not. All he got was theft of property one. 
He is now out of prison as of March of this year. Again, take all this with a grain of salt, but the supposed motive makes complete sense, especially with it coming out that a woman is now being charged in connection. So I would love to know your thoughts on this and if you've ever heard about this case or if you know of anything or if you know any more details, I would love to know. So be sure to let me know. Now, that is just a few of the local cases that I have here. I do have a longer list, and I would love to get into those, but since I only had a week this time, I was not able to pull more information um, just because of work and life. You know how it is. Now, I will say, there is one other case that I would love to cover. There's one other case that people have asked me to cover. And there's one other case that has been covered by another podcaster um, it's, I, I'm not sure the official name of the podcast, but I think it's called the Eric Cates and Gypsy story. Um, so feel free to go check that out. Um, I found it on Spotify, so I'm sure it's anywhere you can listen to spot, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So before I kind of give you a little bit of why I won't cover that case right now, um, I'll just kind of give you a brief overview of, of who he is and what happened. So, on March 21st, 2015, 32-year-old Eric Cates and his beloved dog, Gypsy, were found murdered behind the old Empire School in Empire, Alabama. Hunters found their bodies burned in the cab of Eric's truck. Their murders remain unsolved, even though the crime is rumored to have been witnessed by a large crowd of people. Now, that's just a brief overview. That's just a little short little blurb that I found online. So, I don't know much about this case. I don't know a ton of details. I have not listened to the other podcast that I mentioned. Um, I highly suggest you do because I will definitely be doing the same. After talking to a couple people that I know who are more familiar than, than I am about this case, they highly suggested that I not cover it. Um, but it's really, there's some big people involved in this. I don't, again, I don't know who, I don't know details. But I love my life, I love where I live, and I'm not going to risk it <laughs> by talking about this case. So, and honestly, right now, it's it's unsolved. The family seems to think they know who did it. Um, that's one thing that's out there in the public. And it's just a scary situation. And it is an active case, like I said, it's, it's ongoing. So I'm going to wait until... Lord willing, this gets solved, and then I will dive in completely. But if you know about it and want to chit-chat about it, definitely reach out to me because I'd love, I'd love to talk to you about it and, and kind of pick your brain and, and see what, see who knows what. Because I feel like everybody's got their own stories. Everybody has their own rivers. You know how small towns work. But I would love to talk about it outside of the podcast. <laughs> I'm sure that just made you more intrigued to know more about the case. So go listen to the other podcast. She'll tell you mostly about it. I will say I know that she had to stop covering it um, due to pushback from local law enforcement. And two, she says, I think in the last episode, I think she says something along the lines of, I don't want to hinder the investigation. So I'm going to, you know, come back to this at a later date, basically. So, sorry that I'm not covering that. That's one of the most popular in our area. And it's a very sad and tragic case. But hopefully one day I can definitely cover it 
once it's solved again, Lord willing. So yeah, sorry guys, but hopefully I can, hopefully I can cover it one day. I'm, I definitely want to do that. So anyways, but that is it for the episode this week, guys. Um, I definitely want to do more of these. They are, like I said, easy to pump out. Um, and I would love to dive further into these cases, um, hopefully one day. And two, there's sadly just so many in the Walker County area. I think there's other podcasts out there that cover just Walker County cases, um, sadly enough. So be sure to check out some of those. I know I have a, fr- I have a few friends that have listened to other podcasts that have um, just episodes on Walker County murders and disappearances. So look out for those and then hopefully I can do more um, in the future as well. So again, I hope you liked this episode. If you did or you did not, <laughs> I would love to know either way. Just go to the podcast Instagram and you can message me um, on there or you can comment on this week's Instagram post. The Instagram is killer.kind.pod and I would love to know your thoughts on any of these cases. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. If you would, please make sure you are subscribed and make sure you leave a review at the end. That really helps people find the podcast and it helps get the word out there. So thanks guys for coming back to me this week. I will see you back here in two weeks. I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving as great as possible with the pandemic. I really hope you get to spend some time with your families. Stay safe guys. Bye.